If you've seen Roast Battle on Comedy Central and thought those comedians were too mean or took a joke too far, you ain't heard nothing yet. Join Brian Moses and DJ Coach T for Roast Battle, the podcast, as they bring you weekly shows and interviews from the world-famous comedy store in Hollywood, California. Listen to Roast Battle for the most divisive jokes and healing interviews every Thursday in your podcast feed. Subscribe now and leave a joke of your own when you rate and review. Put your hands together. 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 What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCB! so cool I like your pants you look great I am wearing relaxed pants on stage I feel really stressed about this but it's just what's happening my hair is too long also plus I got this snake on my jacket I was at a friend's house for dinner and uh, she was like you know I have this patch that would look great on that jacket and then we put it on look at that fit do you see that it fits perfectly on the jack she literally left this is what a lesbian dinner party is like she left the scallops on her plate and went into her sewing room and affixed it to the jacket and then came back out and handed it to me and I've been wearing it ever since. And yeah, I am actually a little too hot right now because I can't tell what the weather is in Los Angeles. And my point is, now I have this snake on my jacket. I fucking love it, but I forgot how people are. And so multiple times people have been like, what's that? What, what kind of snake is that? I'm like, no, that's not what it's about. <laughs> I have Googled, like, red snake with black and white, whatever, since, but nothing looks exactly like... This is a fucking patch! What kind of snake is that? It's not a snake. It's a statement about my personality! I'm real tough. That's why I have a snake jacket. Get away! From me. I'm too tough. Um, I don't know. It's... It's, uh... You're wearing the same jacket as I am, but yours is even larger. Aren't you so hot? <sighs> but you're like, but it's also so cozy. I'm so hot, though, but I feel so cozy. What are we going to do about this? Well, anyway, um, it's Thanksgiving week. Uh, great times to remember terrible tragedies in our past and things that we've done as a country. <laughs> mistakes we've made and things we've really fucked up. It's easy to remember that these days, but it's nice to remember, oh, it's not just these days, it's always. <laughs> Thanks for giving me some context for 2018. Sometimes. 2018 was a, a year of white people going, oh, it's never been this bad. <laughs> This is the worst it's been for all of us! Okay. <laughs> the brutal truth, huh? The brutal truth. Oh, look! You can put... You know what's nice about this? The baggy pockets. I have my pocket... I have my hand in my pocket on stage. <laughs> Honestly, this is a stick-up, though. For real. <laughs> Seems like your gun doesn't have... A muzzle or anything like that. Is that the right word? Who cares? That's because it's a hand. And this is also a patch, not a real snake. Um, I just got back from tour like two days ago. Thank you. Thank you for your leg clap. I thought that was actually like, it was pretty supportive. Um, got back from tour like two days ago. Uh, it was really fun. I'm so tired. You can tell. Look at my face. Whoops. I forgot I'm like CNN is doing a they're like including me in like a women portion or whatever <laughs> I forgot that they were coming to the show tonight and this is how I look I literally said to the guy who was very nice I said I'm so sorry you have to leave <laughs> cause I had 
like full hair and makeup during like the talking head segment of this camera of this of this seg- set during the t- it doesn't matter they interviewed me I looked different than this then they just cut to me on stage I'm like I'm barely awake I'm wearing a sleeping bag but I am barely awake I am let's see I went on tour I'm almost there I think okay look straight up not all of the miles are currently processed so I'm checking I'm checking I'm checking every day but I think Finally this year, I've hit my goal of becoming a Delta Diamond Medallion. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Honestly, I've been platinum for a very long time. Then to scooch into that next zone, it's so hard. You have to, you know, restart every... I don't have to tell you. And then when... When you're a diamond medallion, you're actually like you're in the you get a whole special welcome in the boarding and now diamond medallions and um and uh, you know and then and then just a, it's just a bunch of men in suits it's just a bunch of white men in suits and then me I'm wearing this outfit sleeping bag creeping in creeping in creeping in I am a diamond medallion I'll say I've just gotten to the point in my touring life where it's not even like I'm not it's not this is not having a lot of money. This is realizing what you need to survive and what portion of the pay that you're about to get you're willing to to give up. Like I now, if I'm flying like super long distance and they have that option where you fly in a bed, I fucking fly in that bed. <laughs> yes, yes, self care. It costs eight thousand million dollars. <laughs> but I'm just like, oh, thank you. And I feel terrible the whole time. I was recently in that section. Then the person in front of me had because they they like some they have your name or whatever like they're, like they're trying to be so fancy they're like, oh yes like Mr. Hernandez like what what do you want for your first course you guys there's courses um, they kept being like Miss Blah Mr. Blah Mr. What they got to me literally the person just goes, what would you like? <laughs> I know what happened is that they couldn't figure out how to address me. So they skipped my last name, too. Like, they couldn't figure out if it was, like, a Mr. or Miss or, like, a MX, period. You know, like, they didn't know what to do. Sir, And they didn't feel like they could just call me Esposito like we were on a football team together. (laughs) So they just asked me what I would like. It was very fun being out on the road and touring. I learned so much this year. Um, you know, one thing that's really important to me is that up until the 2016 election, because I started doing comedy like 15 years ago and professionally like 15 years ago. And if you think about what has happened for queer folks in the last 15 years, like, I mean, just monumental change, monumental change. Like the first, the week I graduated from college was also, I got, I graduated from college. The next day I got my first job working professionally in comedy. And then at the end of that week, Massachusetts became the first state to legalize same-sex marriage, and that's where I lived. I lived in Massachusetts. So I went from, like, being a student at a Catholic university to, like, being a professional comic who had graduated from college to just, like, and also, like, a a person with rights. That was in one week. (laughs) Have you seen the movie Spotlight? It was also during that time. It was also during the time of the Catholic sex- sexual abuse uh, scandal in Boston. I lived in Boston. I went to Catholic school. The like president, or you're not. It's not the pre- the Archbishop of Boston is technically like the boss of the school that I went to. So like that, the person that was like hiding all the abuse was the person who's like my tuition. Was, and so I'd like read the newspaper and be like, the Catholic Church is terrible. But then the Catholic Church would be like, don't be gay. And I would be like, ha, you know what? <laughs> One of these things is just fine. One of these things is actually sexuality. One of these things is abuse. Anyway, um, but what I've learned a lot this year is, oh, so for a very long time after that, I was really fine with being um, like the like the like a like a gateway queer, like a gateway queer, like. <laughs> Uh, where I was fine being the only gay person in a lineup and I wanted to tour around the country. I wanted you to meet me. Um, I wanted audiences who were mostly straight. You know, like I, when I started, it's like, I didn't play, at the time, I know this is like, this is not that long ago, but like, there were no, there was no mixing of queer people into hip circles like it is now. You all fucking came into our spaces. We were there before with our haircuts. And then you fucking floated in. Oh! 
this is a it's a dance p- party, with, but about fitness with makeup glitter. Yeah, we've been doing this anyway. Um, but before, like, never the twain shemitah was like straight rooms and gay rooms, and like if you were com- a comic, you really didn't want to play gay rooms because it meant that you would never be able to play straight rooms. If you were like pigeonholed as a gay comic, it was like, well, you're gonna make almost no money because there's like four places you can perform. Um, so like, good luck. Um, also, you should be ashamed of yourself. So anyway, I started in mainstream rooms, and mainstream meant straight, and. Uh, I was always like the only queer comic on the show and sometimes, not sometimes, and most of the time the only woman. Um, actually, there's a comic on the lineup tonight who is one of the people I started with in Chicago, which is really awesome every time I get a chance to see this person. But anyway, um, it was really important to me to be the face that folks would meet so that they could then realize when they were voting on my rights that it was me. You know, I'm like, I'm so smiley, don't kill us. You know, like. <laughs> My jokes are funny enough to save my life and the lives of my friends. But um, since the 2016 election, I have just a total about face on that. I just honestly, I'm fucking um, done. Like I'm done. Uh, you have to prove it to me now. Like I'm done like trotting out and being like um, important to you or valuable to you because I feel like this was an opportunity where folks who I thought I was aligned with um, had a chance to like vote on my rights. And so many people told me that like identity politics didn't matter and like I was gonna be fine either way. So many people that I agree with on so many things, I feel like left me and my my family totally behind. So now I'm just out there on the road and I am really, my whole focus is to just be like with my family. Like straight folks, you are invited. I can't believe I have to tell you you're invited. You know, you never invite me anywhere. I just assume that I should go because everything is yours. So my point is, you're at a gay movie. Can I even be here? Have you ever, do you realize all, and it doesn't matter. Um, so it's been very cool being on tour right now because I, I had just like an opportunity to really connect with a lot of folks. Like, um, I did this thing where I invited a, an LGBT organization in every city to come up on stage and talk about the work that they do at the end of the show because, like, I was just going to be in town for the night. I was going to leave. I honestly have no skills. I mean, I was, like, trained in social work. Because, um, like, I went to social work school, but also I'm a lesbian, so we kind of all know how to do that. Um, <laughs> and, in fact, should unlearn that skill because it's a problem for relationships. I really feel like many of the relationships I've been in have, been, have had a, a social worker and client element. <laughs> and I don't just mean on one side, I mean on both sides. <laughs> just two social workers and two clients. <laughs> so yeah, this was very cool. I got a chance to be out there, be with uh, queer folks. Also, like we're just, you know, so this lie that it's like, ah, people on the coasts are one way and everybody else in the middle is a total as a strange weirdo. Um, it's just like, because that's what the New York Times is writing things to be. It's not what's really out there. Like, queer folks live everywhere, and liberal folks live everywhere, and people of color live everywhere, and always have. In fact, people of color wear your first. But, um... <laughs> so it's been cool to be out there and just, uh, and just be with people, be with my family. Um, now it's, it's going to be interesting being back Went to a wedding over the weekend, went with um, the spouse of mine that I'm currently separated from. Uh, we have a mutual friend that was getting married, and so we drove up together and went to the wedding, and um, it was really fun to be with them um, in that context. Also, fucking heartbreaking. Just so you know, if you're planning on getting married, um, don't do vows if there's people in the audience that are separated. Is the audience the right word? But Because we're sitting there like... Oh no! Ah! We took pictures of each other in in our. It's not like I haven't seen this person. We have a fucking dog together. Also a stand-up show. Also, we live in Los Angeles. We're both queer. Literally every there's a how could I not see them everywhere? It doesn't matter. Um, but also I want to, you know. Separation doesn't mean uh, never again do I see you. Also, like, I think neither does, like, divorce or breakups in the queer community. Straight people, you have so much to learn from us. Um, Because we just hold on too long. And 
some of that's good, you know? You don't have to throw away family. You don't. You don't have to. Um, you can figure it out on your own terms. We went to this wedding together. We took photos of each other in our outfits, and then we posted them both, and I didn't even think about it, like, that people are so sleuthy on the internet because somebody w- went like, wait a minute, this is the same background. <laughs> because we haven't been like taking photos together for a long time so anyway to the internet sleuths you fucking you you caught it man (laughs) we still have the ability to see each other so it's Thanksgiving I'm gonna make uh, food for my my parents my parents are coming in I built them a bed Yeah. That's what happens when the more butch one moves out. You're like, I can build a bed too. I've been building all sorts of shit. (laughs) Oh, friends, are you ready to get this show started? It is so nice to see you all. Uh, We've got a great show for you. This first comic, a friend of mine, hilarious person. Let's hear it right now for Eliza Skinner. Give it up for Eliza. It's very funny. It's very funny. It was very true. Oh, man. I'm so excited about this new era of rape jokes where the joke is, fuck you for being a rapist. (laughs) And we had to sit through one whole decade of my life hearing people be like, why are you offending this terrible thing I'm saying? Oh, God, yes. Great. Okay, friends, would you like to see more oh this next person is somebody i've known for like a decade because straight up i worked with them when we both first started in chicago i'm so happy uh i'm just so happy about this comic's continued success super funny person let's hear it right now for jenna friedman welcome jenna friedman to stage. This week's episode of Put Your Hands Together is sponsored by Tomboy X. I'm literally wearing Tomboy X underwear right now. They're rainbow. They have a four and a half inch leg. (laughs) Hey, do you want to stop wearing underwear that doesn't make you feel confident? Well, Tomboy X. Regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing underwear that anybody can feel comfortable in. From bikinis, briefs, and boxer briefs to trunks and boy shorts, soft bras, and racerback bras. From everyday basic colors to brilliant colors and fun seasonal prints. From extra small to 4X. Just go to TomboyX.com cam and check out their special bundles and pack pricing. Put your hands together, listeners. Get an extra 15% off with the code CAM. Again, the code CAM for an extra 15% off. Ditch what you're wearing for a pair of Tomboy X underwear. I literally already did. Go to TomboyX.com slash CAM. Keep it going for Jenna Friedman. I don't know. I also think astrology is like for sure a uh, uh, queer, a uh, queer women and uh, non-binary folks thing. <laughs> Everybody I know knows so much about their stuff, their their things, their moons, <laughs> where their moons are and everything, and what kind of things their moons are doing and all that. <laughs> I love. Um, I am a pretty non-judgmental person uh, of things that don't hurt other people, and I love being part of a hip queer scene because um, the number of things that I think folks say in front of me that then I have to absorb, it's, it's really fun. It's fun every day. It's fun every day. One of them is like, how into astrology you are. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, tell me, where's the moon, though? And then I don't think you're supposed to say where. That's probably not it. But what, it, what was it in? Ha, ha, ha.
Then, then if a friend, then I just feel like there's a lot, like everybody's just like, well, first of all, half the people I know are now going by their initials and <laughs> all of their initials are not necessarily initial. This is a thing that's happening in queerness and everybody that's going by their initials doesn't have initials that immediate, like not like PJ, like we all kind of grew up and just like, Hey, this is PJ. Hey, this is TJ. We just didn't have, there's a lot of J's. Because of the junior, maybe. Um, but uh, I just think folks that were cultured female, there weren't a lot of le- a lot of like uh, girl initials, you know. Um, like I didn't know, I didn't have friend. Did you? Did anybody have like a friend at growing up that was uh, being raised as a girl that had like an, an initial name? Did- MC. MC. See, that is a full queer adult name. MC. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That's amazing. And but you had a friend MC as a child. Mary Claire? Mary Catherine? Pretty fucking close. (laughs) (laughs) Who else said that they did? AJ. AJ? Well, yeah, I mean, you know. The J is like, it's like, that's essentially being like, I'm, I'm like, I'm a girl, but I'm Tommy. And you're like, cool. You know, like, you know what I mean? AJ is like a uh, gender neutral name. Cameron is also gender neutral name. Um... You might not know that because you, because I'm so famous to you that you're, you're like, I can't even think of another Cameron. One time, years ago, I was opening for Anthony Jeselnik. Do you know anything about him? Okay, it doesn't matter. Um, his crowd is different than the crowd I naturally attract. And that's not, that's not a shame, that's not shame on anybody. It's just like, it was very fun opening for him because I always would walk out and be like, well, let's see how this goes. Then I will crush. Anyway, my point is, um, I was opening for him one time in somewhere in Florida and there was the person who ran the theater was like, I absolutely have to do the announcement bringing you to the stage bring the opener to the stage like that's how we do it here in other places sometimes anthony would introduce me like from backstage like let's hear for cameron esposito right i walk out this person was like nope here like i do the intros so this is what happened they're like thank you so much for coming out to see anthony jessel like but first his opener cameron diaz and <laughs> a weird part of this story is that the audience was definitely like, oh my God, Anthony is like bigger than we thought. (laughs) Like they were fully like, we can't wait. A a Charlie's Angel? One of the angels? Coming out to open? Doing what, 25? Man! (laughs) So there's already an audience that when I walked out, they would be like, who is this woman that has been put between us? and the one-liners we came to see. With this particular night, they were like, who is this woman that came out to stand between us, the one-liners we came to see, and apparently just ate Cameron Diaz. (laughs) Anyway, that's not me. I'm not Cameron Diaz. Mm Mm-mm. But I do remember when she first debuted. Did anybody ever... Does anyone, like, honestly, straight up Cameron Diaz's, like, first thing that she was in all the time. She was a model in Seventeen magazine all the time when I was, like, a very little kid and my older sister got Seventeen. By the way, you only really read Seventeen magazine if you were, like, 12. (laughs) (laughs) Was that just audible yeses? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Like, Dancing Queen, you can actually listen to that Seventeen forever. Okay, now I need you to know the lyrics to Dancing Queen. Because I'm not going to do the job of fucking going there with you. Meet me on this. I cried three times when I watched Mamma Mia 2. And honestly, I'm surprised it wasn't five. Beautiful movie! Beautiful! I cried during, one time at, one of the cries was during the credits. Because they do a whole like song and dance number and it's beautiful. Anyway, I just get really happy about it. Um, And Cher is touring with like 
all ABBA hits right now. Do you even know what I'm talking about? Like, why are we here? I think it starts in February, but honestly, do you want to go with me to... Uh, she's not even... I don't even think she's coming here. I'm planning on flying to Chicago. Let's charter a plane! That plane will crash for sure. But the good news is, one of us will lose our leg, one of us will die. One of us will go into a coma and then die. The rest of us will live and we'll all stay at Seattle Grace. What I need for you to have done to get sort of anything I'm saying is have the exact cultural knowledge that I have. <laughs> okay, friends. Oh, this next comic is so fucking brilliant. I can't believe that you got the three, these three comics in a row. Like, was, what, Eliza and Jenna were amazing, right? I'm so excited about this next comic. Uh, yeah, just a, just a killer. Let's hear it right now for Jackie Cation. Give it up for Jackie. I, too, do not have the same exact cultural information, and I thought that was a Hallmark movie. Hi. <laughs> My initials are JK, and I just found out that that stands for just kidding. I might not... <laughs> I might have been alone for a long time as a child. I just made you sad. That's okay. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Let us be grateful that we are not dead. Um, I know. I know. Third comic in a row. Uh, <laughs> I just came back, uh, I was in, uh, I, I went on a vacation, but it wasn't a vacation uh, because uh, I did a set, because I am a tax and pay Democrat, but I'm not a moron, right? Come on, who's, who's on my side? Went to Vietnam. Uh, I went to Vietnam and Cambodia and Thailand, and I did a set in Hanoi at a place called uh, The Standing Bar, and it was right across the street from where John McCain crashed his plane. Uh, found out moments later that John McCain, by the way, crashed five planes. He might not have been a great pilot. But he lived. He's a hell of a liver. He's, uh, well, he's dead now. I didn't kill him. It's not my fault. But here's a scoop about John McCain and the, and the lake across the street from the bar in Hanoi called the Standing Bar. The Vietnamese uh, tour guide said, yeah, they're going to build a statue to stand John McCain in that lake with two Vietnamese guys pulling him out of that lake. And all I could think to say back was, I wish Vietnam had more self-esteem. And the Vietnamese tour guide said to me, yeah, we got a lot of pictures. We got a lot of statues to white guys around here. Uh, anybody who ever gave us a gun. And I was like, and were they doing you a favor? And uh, we left it at that. Uh, but uh, I, uh, I had a delightful time. Here's what I learned about Vietnam, Cambodia, and Thailand is that uh, the Vietnamese, the South Vietnamese, and the North Vietnamese still very angry at one another. Uh, it turns out the Vietnamese hate the Chinese, and they don't like the Cambodians. The Cambodians... They don't like the Vietnamese. They don't like the Thai. But they like the Chinese. And uh, uh, the Thai only like themselves. <laughs> that is it. Uh, they are done. And, uh, but what I did, but everyone agreed that the Chinese tourists were the worst. The worst, man. The Chinese tourists are everywhere. Them and their money. And because uh, they got a lot of money. And um, so I was talking to a friend of mine. And uh, he is about my age, 107. And, uh, and there's a couple of things going on. First of all, let, let me tell you this about uh, the Chinese. You may not know this. In, uh, in 1979, the Chinese uh, passed a law saying that uh, every family could only have one child. And, uh, and then in 2015, the Chinese government looked around and said, are we the only people doing this? Fuck this. Uh, which reminded me a lot of when my stepmother stopped ironing sheets. Uh, 1995. She looked up and she was like, am I the last person ironing sheets? And we all as a group said, yes, they're fitted. Anyway, so you're out of your mind. So... Um, the other thing you should know is the Cultural Revolution. So my friend, friend I was talking to uh, is from Hong Kong, and he was talking about... Um, uh, I was telling him my theory of why the Chinese tourists are a nightmare. And it is because uh, I think... 
uh, that they don't realize they're, uh, they don't have to act like they're in China anymore, which is, uh, right, somebody right fucking there, right fucking there. And they're like, no, I have to get to the bathroom, get out of the, so they're, uh, they're super, they're a little loud, they're a little aggro. And my friend, uh, my friend Lewis said to me, no, 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 no. Everybody who, uh, had any education, uh, did not have any education because of the cultural revolution. So what you are looking at when you see a Chinese tourist is you are seeing an American tourist in 1950. That's what you're seeing. They have a shit ton of money and they're rubes. They're walking around going, well, would you look at that? Maybe they'll sell it to us. And it's all, that's all it is. That's what you're looking at. You're looking at Texans from the middle of nowhere, but they happen to be Chinese. You can do it. You can do it. You can see the inner Texan, the next Chinese tourist you see. Look deeply. We've discussed it already. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, remember the theme of tonight is that people are actually people. Uh, One after another. Women have always been people. People of color have always been people. Weird. Weird. You look right into their face and you're like, oh, shit, it's a person in there. And... Because for a long time, only straight white guys got to be people. Uh, and then uh, everybody else got to be just sort of people. And, uh, and about 150 years ago, women... Uh, I don't know if you know this about women, uh, but uh, we've been bitching. Bitches, man. We've been bitching for 10,000 years. We're like, come on, man. I swear to God, we're people. And, uh, and about 175 years ago, like 75% of the men on the planet, or somewhere, uh, these are numbers I've made up, uh, but a lot of dudes, a lot of decent men looked around and said, so what do you want to do? And women said, we just want to walk around. <laughs> We maybe I want I might want to learn how to drive one of those horses and I might want to take a friend and go out for coffee just by ourselves. Without a guy. Yes. Just two women out. They're like and just leave. Like what if I need that? Yeah, I'm not going to be there. But later, we'll hang later? And All right. It's like so 125 years ago dudes were like all right, what else you want to do? Well, might want to work for a living. What? What? Out of the house? What's that like? And then you're just going to be somewhere? Yes. <laughs> We'd love to vote. Stop talking. <laughs> Voting? Uh, all right, doesn't really matter anyway, so go ahead. And uh, it matters, fucking vote. Anyway, so, uh, but the... Uh, uh, but I mean, it just, and then it was like, we'd love to make our own decisions. Like you make your decisions. Sometimes they're smart. Sometimes they're dumb. And, uh, we just like to do it. We just like to make a decision and not have it be legislated around. And you're like, well, no, but, uh, what else? It was like, how about our own credit cards? Can we have that? 1974? Let's have our own credit cards, our own bank accounts. 74. That seems late, but let's do it anyway. <laughs> and the guys in 1974 were like, so you want to hide money from me? And then other guys were like, yeah, you can have your own money. And uh, so what I'm saying is that we're all growing very, very slowly, and there's no punchline to that story. <laughs> and I'm very sorry, because I've received that. Okay, so, but let us wrap it up with uh, my favorite tale, because uh, we're getting into the holiday season. I am married to a man, always a fun reveal. Uh, so he's a delight. Um, but we've been married. I've, uh, I, I used to, uh, he's my first relationship ever, and we have a lot of the sex. We do the sex. And it's exciting. This is not romantic in any way, shape, or form. But my favorite thing about having the, uh, the sex is how much of it is uh, that, that we get to have it a lot. But here's the weird thing. Having sex with the same person a lot, and now we're in, we're in this relationship, 14 years, a uh, long time. Sometimes we want to have the sex, but we're tired. You guys ever tried it? You've heard, you're adults. You've had relationships. Sometimes you have sleepy time sex where you're like, I'm tired, but I want to do it anyway. I want to do it, but I'm tired. And um, I love my husband so much. Uh, and I want him to have the best time. Whenever we have sex, I want him to have the best time. And he loves me, and he wants me to have the best time when we have sex. But we are both tired. It is sleepy, sleepy sex. There's a lot of this going on. So neither one of us has the best time. We have a good time. Things happen. Slot A, tab A, it's all working out. But 
we have a good time, but it's not the best time. And I never have ever named a sex uh, position or whatever, but I have named it this time. And uh, I refer our sleepy time sex when we're all sleepy as the sex of the Magi. Where we both want the other one to have a really good time, but it just never works out. And so I go and I buy him a watch, and he buys me a comb. And um, and then in the end, we wake up the next morning, we still love each other. So thanks a lot, you guys. Have a good Thanksgiving. Conan is coming to Earwolf with his new podcast, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. After 25 years on TV, Conan realized he's never made a real lasting friendship with any of his celebrity guests. So he started a podcast to find some. On the show, Conan hangs out with some of his favorite people for extended periods of time. Folks like Will Ferrell, Wander Sykes, Nick Offerman, and Kristen Bell. In the first episode... With Will Ferrell, Conan will cover everything from the last time Conan was on stage with Ron Burgundy to how Twitter makes them feel and that one lifetime movie Will made with Kristen Wiig. Friends, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend is out now. Listen on your favorite podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Ooh, I really hope that Conan has Rhea and I on. Conan, have a song. That's my friend Jackie Cage. One more time for Jackie. Well, this show has been excellent. We've got two more comics. They're both brand new comics to the show. Can I ask a random question? The folks in the front row over here, do you have actual glasses in your hands? Am I imagining something, or do you have actual glasses in your hands? They're plastic. Oh, they're plastic. They, they come here enough, they bring their own glasses. You bring, you bring your own glasses? <laughs> What's in there? Oh my gosh. I'm not even upset about it. It just, honestly, it looked like barware to me. It looked like, I mean, plastic makes more sense. It looked to me like you were holding uh, glass tumblers um, at a stand-up comedy show that wasn't at your house. (laughs) Or where there was any bar at all. And I just couldn't understand what your life was. You know what I mean? Where you're like, no, and I I walked here. And I, I walked down the street with a tumbler of alcohol <laughs> in my hand. Thank you for just clarifying my question. That's, there aren't jokes there. But there could be. What else do you want to tell me about your lives? Anything else to say? No? Why are you so stressed in the middle? You don't have to answer for them. Yeah. Did you have a good day? Yeah, what'd you do? Nothing important. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Oh man, I don't know. Oh, I go into like a like a hyper mode of um preparation if I think that something is going to happen. Not when like for, like my folks are coming for Thanksgiving and um they're like, "Cameron, you don't have to do anything special. You don't even have to do anything special. Should we bring the food?" First of all, they're coming from Chicago. So I'm like, "Yes, please board the flight with glass tumblers of alcohol." <laughs> One time in college, my friend who lived in Florida, we went to school in Boston, did pack Thanksgiving leftovers inside of a checked bag that was then lost by the airline on the Monday, on the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So you know it took like eight days to get that bag because like that is one of those super busy travel days. So we just got back, it was... <laughs> I just remember the moment where she unzipped it, lifted it out, a full pumpkin pie. <laughs> in her luggage for eight days. Why did you do this? I love this person very much. She was one of my college roommates. This is the same person who one time... Um, she was from Florida. Look. <laughs> One time she went to the hospital because she had burns on her arms and she was like, I don't even know where they came from. And they were like, these are citrus burns. Like, it's, it's, like, a, it's like an acid has been applied to your skin. And she was like, oh, I was um, putting lemon on salmon out by the pool. And... You know, so there's danger everywhere is what I'm trying to say. You don't fucking know. Well, it's gonna sneak up on you. 
Anyway, my parents are like, you don't have to do anything. I have overprepped. I was uh, I was raking the backyard. You know when you're just like, I've done everything else. Time to clean the backyard. What is it? I've got to wash for fires. That's right. You do have to get a wash for fires. That's why I put a bunch of dry leaves in one place. <laughs> Which I'm now realizing is what I've done. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. oh, well. Well, friends... These last two comics, it is, their, it is both of their first time on the show, which is very exciting. When it's somebody's first time on the show, we get to go very wild. We get to welcome them with a lot of clapping. So let's hear it right now. Big round of applause for Mecky Leaper. Give it up. Come on. Wow. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Wow. It's nice to come out right after a man in the front row is like, Cameron, your house is burned down. That's really that's a good way to start. I, um, yeah, I'm Mecky. I, uh, I'm going to tell you guys about me a little bit. I, I grew up in a Muslim family. Most of my family's from Morocco. A lot of them still live there in Africa. So, you know, fucking surprise. What's up, huh? That's right. Thanks for the white privilege, idiots. <laughs> Gotcha! <laughs> I've been secretly brown this whole time, huh? I want to give a, give a quick shout out to everybody. You guys are all my new prank show. Muzzed, what's up? I want to say thanks to the cops. Uh, thanks for the no tickets ever. That's been sick. Those guys take one look at my ID. They're like, hmm, Mecky Leaper. Well, that sounds like a halal food order, but you look like my kid. Get out of here, man. <laughs> What do you want, 20 bucks? You want to play with my gun? I love you. That's, that's what they say. It was weird. It was weird, though, man. It was weird growing up in, like, a house with two religions, you know, right? Because my mom was Muslim, and my dad was Christian. Uh, and instead of, you know, like, forcing one on me, which you are supposed to with your child, you know, uh, they were like, no, nah, it'll be fine. We'll just let him pick, right? Come on, Mech. It's about time. After all, you are... Eight. <laughs> sure, you can't just choose what you wear or what you eat, but hey, creator of the known universe, that's all you, baby. Roll the dice. No pressure. One of us has to be wrong, so why don't you come home after the Little League and denounce one of your parents' beliefs? That'll be character building for you. But I don't know, man. I'm, uh... I'm like a little uh, nerd is something I'm learning about myself. I'm like a weak nerd. <laughs> what if that was it? What if I was like, eh, thanks. <laughs> now, I was outside of a show last week on like a dark street, and this older lady in workout gear was speed walking towards me. And when she got close, she was like, hey, hon, just want you to know, about to pass you. Don't want to scare you. So... That is how much of a weak nerd I look to people. That even in 2018, women are like, yeah, men are monsters, but that is a baby deer. You know, sure, it's nighttime and he's a stranger, but I don't want to startle the little guy. Come on. And I just got to take that, you know? Because what am I going to do? What am I going to be like, oh, no, I wasn't scared. I was watching you. Like, I can't, I can't correct her. Be like, excuse me, actually, uh, you know, traditionally, as a man, uh, I would be the predator. So <laughs> I'll get you, actually. So there's nothing. It's not a good look. <laughs> I, uh, I've been reading my ex-girlfriend's food blog a lot. And it's not because it's good. Uh, it's just the only place she forgot to block me. So I got to look, you know, and there's no pictures of her, but she writes about salad a lot. So I know she looks great, which is frustrating. There's a week where it was all pastries. I was like, she's coming back, but not the case. The most frustrating part is I can't tell if she moved on and started dating somebody else unless I follow the recipe and see if it's enough food for two people. That's the only... <laughs> My roommate keeps coming to the kitchen like, that's a lot of pasta. I'm like, it's not that much pasta, okay? 
it's a normal amount. I always eat this much. <laughs> I'm eating it. I'm like, this is so much pasta. This is enough for three people. <laughs> what does that mean? Do they have a kid? I hope that that's what it is, actually. <laughs> you guys ever been single so long you start accidentally taking your friends on dates? Has this ever happened? <laughs> I'll hit up my friends to hang out now, and they're like, yeah, I can chill this weekend, but I don't want to go to the aquarium again. <laughs> I'm getting them gifts. I got my buddy a hoodie. It wasn't even a holiday. <laughs> He's like, what is this for? I was like, ah. <laughs> I just know you like Batman so much. thought this would be fun. It's not fun. Nobody likes it. I was talking about my family earlier. My uh, my parents are my parents are actually getting divorced now, which uh, which sucks when your parents it sucks when your parents get divorced when you're already an adult. Uh, first of all, because nobody cares, um, and second of all, because the only thing anyone says about it is uh, at least it didn't happen when you were a kid. That's what happened with my parents, and that was actually hard. It's like, all right, well, I'm sorry I couldn't ruin my parents' marriage as fast as you were able to. I don't know. <laughs> What drove them apart? Was it you saying annoying shit like that? I don't... I'm curious. <laughs> but this is true. This is what happened. My, uh, my dad cheated on my mom a whole bunch for a lot of years. And I was bummed when I found out. But I feel like I should have seen it coming, you know? Because I had, like, a cool dad, which is... That's not what you want. That's not... You know, my dad was real into taking care of himself. He worked out a lot. He was well-read. And I always thought that he did that stuff... Because he was cool, but now I realize it's because he was single. That's, that's the only reason you do those things. Like, I hate to say it, but if your dad is tan, he's up to something. That's a fact, you know? If your parents have been married for 20 years, your dad better look exactly like Paul Giamatti. You know, when I see like a 50-year-old guy at the gym now, I just want to shove him off the elliptical and be like, your family has a right to know the truth. You have to, man. If you, think you're, if you think your dad is cheating on your mom, you've got to look for the little signs. You know? If, you're, if your dad's doing that, you might not catch him in bed with another woman, but you'll probably catch him whitening his teeth, and that's just as bad. You know? You're going to see a lot of fitted shirts. Confront him. What happened to Tommy? Where's Tommy Bahama? Who are you? My dad started knowing too much about technology. That's when I knew it was bad. I got a new phone. He's like, hey, make sure you log out of iCloud on your old phone. I was like, I'm sorry, what the fuck do you know about iCloud for? Dude, if your dad knows about iCloud, he has chlamydia. I don't know how I know, but I know. I think a lot of our dads did it. I, really, I, just, I think that. Before the internet, before social media, it would have been so easy, right? You know, like, like back then, if your dad wanted to cheat on your mom, all he had to do was be like, I'm going to work. And your mom was like, I hope that's true. And that was it. <laughs> Dude, back then it was so easy to cheat that all you had to do to hide a second family was not introduce them to your first family. <laughs> you know, and I talked to my mom about it and she was like, I just didn't tell you about the affairs because I wanted to protect you, which is very nice. But I kind of wanted to tell her, you know how much easier my life would have been if I could have just thrown that shit in my dad's face the whole time, it would have been great. You know, he'd be like, hey, Mech, you want to talk about these grades? I'd be like, I don't know, Dad. You want to talk about June 2003? What's going on there? You know, or he comes in, he's like, hey, Mech, looks like you got a lot of chores to do. I'm like, I don't know, Dad. I have some Polaroids that say you have a lot of chores to do. So maybe fire up that lawnmower. Try not to fuck it. Uh... All right, guys, that's my time. Thank you so much. Give it up for Cameron. Give it up for Mackie. That was great. All right. We got one final comic on the show tonight. How do you feel about that? One final comic for you. Another first-timer. Let's keep it going right now. Let's hear it for Garrick Bernard. Give it up. Come on. Yo, what up, motherfucker? I'm just playing. What if that was me? No, you can tell. You can tell immediately after looking at me. Just look at me for a second. Just like, oh, he's not that guy at all. 
Um, for the podcasters listening, I'd like to preface this set by saying uh, I am an African-American gentleman. Um, just in case you're listening and thinking, that guy says the N-word too much. <laughs> It's a white dude. He says the N-word way too much. I don't like that at all. Um, I shaved my beard recently. I used to have like this really like rugged, like long beard. Uh, and now I hate it because like all my friends like keep making fun of me. It's like, oh dog, you used to look hella rugged. Why'd you do it? It's like, I don't know, bro. I was just sick of making my voice deeper, I guess. <laughs> a lot of responsibilities come with ha- like having a beard and a lot of them don't involve like sounding like alfalfa. I don't know if you guys know that. Um, no, white people keep talking to me. I don't like that shit. Uh, like, I mean, no, you guys are fine. I'm sorry. You guys are fine. Don't worry about your good people, whatever. But, like, you're just bad at small talk, bro. Like, you realize when you see a black person, you don't have to just, like, list all the black shit you know, right? <laughs> like, one time, <laughs> someone came up to me and was like, hey, do you listen to Seal? What? <laughs> Does he drink lean? Then no, dog, absolutely not. Oh, Garrick, how did the This Is America video make you feel? Untalented, is that what you wanted to hear? I think that Donald Glover is a government experiment made to make all of the black men seem inadequate. Is that what you're looking for? (laughs) From here, from Los Angeles, and like, it's, it's cool. Like, you get to, like, see, like, dope shit and all that stuff. Like, the other day I got to witness my uh, Asian waiter uh, rage quit, and that was amazing. <laughs> she was sick, bro. You know? Like, uh, his boss is being, like, hard on him. Like, like way too hard. Like, being, like, oppressive, you know? Like, calling him simple and whatnot. Uh, and in response, he said, uh, Fuck this! I'm a goddamn thug, nigga! <laughs> Just went for it. It was sick, you know? <laughs> best part about it, though, is I was the only black dude in there, so, like, being the only race officer present, everyone simultaneously looked at me. So, um... <laughs> woo! He said the word, sir. <laughs> aren't, you gonna, aren't you gonna do something about this? No, not at all, because if you're gonna say it, that's when you say it, bro. I feel like he didn't even mean to say it. The word just kind of manifested itself. Because that's where it belongs, deep within the bosom of liberation, right? Like, fucking go for it, dog. I don't give a shit. Don't go for it. Actually, don't go for it. Don't go for it. Don't ever go for it because you'll get your ass beat. And like, it'll be, don't, just don't, just don't. Don't listen to me. I shouldn't be the lead on any like racial issue anyway, you know, like. I grew up in like a black uh, middle class area, so that's that's why I'm dressed like a lesbian writer. Uh, dog, I've been eyeing Cam's outfit since I got here. Are you out of your nigga? Like I want that shit tonight. <laughs> I was just I was looking at. It, I was like, oh, is that, is, we doing like the you know the like the collar with the the fur shit? All right, I'll just write that down. <laughs> write that down from my notes. But yeah, I grew up in a black middle class neighborhood. <laughs> And, like, I, I don't know, like, I didn't go through, like, the real racist shit, you know? Like, the first time I was ever called, like, the N-word with, like, a hard ER, uh, I was, like, 10 years old, which is, like, sad. But I was also on a cruise ship to the Bahamas, so it kind of, like, <laughs> leveled out, you know? I just treated him like he was annoying. Like, dog, all the food here is free. Get the fuck out of my face. My introduction to racism was simultaneously the greatest 11 days of my life. What do you do in that situation? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I like, my family's from a middle, I don't, I don't know. They're, they're from Trinidad. You guys know where that is? Yeah. Uh, yeah, good. You guys paid attention in geography class or whatever. They're from Trinidad, first generation kid. And I don't... I don't fuck with them. I don't like them. Like, I fuck my family. Anyway, that, I, I don't like them. Because they, all they do is just call the house and they just make fun of us for, like, getting Trump in office. Like, just like, oh, you guys, Americans, you guys are all stupid. You got Trump in office. Like, nigga, you called me from a flip phone, dog. Why am I supposed to respect you? No, I'm not rich, but I'm pretty sure I could just move there and be your king. Show some respect. All right, this is going to be... this is. This, 
it's gonna be gross. So like, whatever, it doesn't matter, it's gonna be gross. So I was seeing a girl uh, that was also from this same small island uh, that my family is from. Uh, and she had the same last name as some of my cousins, but she wasn't my cousin, though. Like, realize she was my cousin, but uh, I did sleep with her before I was sure. And I'm not like, I'm not proud of it, but like in that moment, you just understand the South. You're just like, I get you guys. I get you guys. I get it, you know? Just trying to keep this ignorance bliss, bro. Because you realize the only difference between sleeping with someone and that someone being your third cousin is too many questions. Um, <laughs> a joke is called Schrodinger's Pussy. Um, anyway. Trump fucked the game up, man. Like, he really fucked, like, I don't know. He fucked things up. But he also issued in, like, new icebreakers. You know? Like before Trump, I'd be like, oh, if you can get a tattoo, uh, what kind of tattoo would you get? But that's just boring, that's trash, that's garbage. So now I'd be like, yo, if you had an unlimited amount of money and an unlimited amount of resources, how would you kill Trump? And it's like, you know, I don't condone violence, that's like fucked up, but it just, you know, it opens up the conversation. Like one dude, one dude was like, yo, see what I would do, right? Cause I would get a shit ton of bombs, right? Get a shit ton of drones, attach those bombs to those drones, fly it into the White House. You got them remotely. That's like an Obama special, dog. Like, and it's like, no, man. It doesn't have to be that elaborate. He's like 70 years old. Push that nigga down some stairs, you know? Wait until the next time it rains, lightly nudge him, and then you get to watch a presidential assassination get aired on America's funniest home videos. That's crazy, right? <laughs> I want to see that happen just to watch him lose to a cat video. That, that, that shit would be dope, I think. Anyway, I like conspiracy theories. It's like, shit. I like, no, I don't like, I like making them up just to see like dumb people like run around. It's like, oh, the earth is flat and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so <laughs> here's one. Here's my favorite one. Uh, a series of questions for you guys. Uh, first question did you guys know that Caucasians get peanut allergies more than any other race? Did you guys know that? Yeah? yeah? Fucking, watch your back, bro. It's coming for you. <laughs> Second question, did you guys know that peanut butter is the leading cause of peanut allergy outbreaks? Did you guys know that? No. Yeah, it makes sense, right? Third and final question, do you think that George Washington Carver uh, invented peanut butter to kill white people. Because I believe that shit 100%, bro. This out of nowhere, he finds his substance that just so happens to weaken y'all, then he has over 100 different uses for peanuts. Did that shit on purpose, Doug. First black inventor, more like first black evil genius. He was born a slave and died free because he killed his master with something scrumptious. How does that make you feel? All right, guys, I'm gonna get off. It was a lot of fun. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, that was fun, right? Garrick was great. Mecky was great. That, two awesome new comics. Three rad folks that have been here a bunch of fucking times. Hey, thank you so much for being here tonight. I'm Cameron Esposito. We are going to take uh, the month of December off from Put Your Hands Together, take a little break, uh, give us all a chance to re-align. But we will see you in 2019, and Rhea is here hosting next week, so fucking come back for that. But other than that, it was, ha it was great having this year with you, and thank you so much, and I will see you in the next one. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together.
Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast. Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos! <laughs> ruler of the Eighth Circle! And that's just the beginning. Season 3 of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.